and welcome to Chess and Her Guests. My name is Francesca Victory and today I'm in Coventry, <laughs> <laughs> which is quite far away from Essex <laughs> for people that don't know. Um, and I'm interviewing the lovely Bexy. <laughs> so Bexy is 30 and couple weeks it was a couple weeks wasn't it before your birthday yeah yeah so a couple yeah. weeks before her birthday she was diagnosed with breast cancer so I thought that'd be a very in t- important topic for you to hear about because also you don't really hear you hear older people like yeah. parents and stuff like that but you don't really hear of young people no definitely I didn't know anybody who had yeah any form of cancer around my age before this and if like say like if someone does get diagnosed and they can listen to this, it might help them at first. Yeah, Because obviously you must have felt quite alone. Yeah, 100%. Like, I did research some stuff, and when you get into that world, then you kind of do connect with people, and you, but you have to really make an effort to find that, whereas yeah. there isn't a lot... I don't think there is a lot. Like, I still found stuff. Like, there were different podcasts or YouTube or Instagram and stuff, but there wasn't... It wasn't obvious. I had to always go out and look for it. So I think that it's good that it's in... Say your podcast with a load of different topics that people could like that it's one of them that they could find yeah listen yeah to. yeah so i want you to first talk about like when you was first diagnosed and how how did you go to the doctor's kind of thing what made you go yeah so i think it's it's not funny but i never used to go to the doctors about anything like i was i've never really been a sick person i've never really got poorly like ever and if I was, I would never make the effort to go to the doctors. I'd always just kind of self-medicate myself with whatever, um, which is not probably the sensible thing to do. <laughs> Have some paracetamol, I'd be fine. But um, I always think, I do think that things happen for a reason. So I'd always be, have my GP in Coventry. And I lived in London for about, in and out of London for about five, six years, like back home and then moved out a few times. Oh, by the way, um, Bexy's a dancer. it's like why is she living in (laughs) um so I actually hurt my ankle and I was like I'm just going to sign up for the doctors because I'm not going to come back to Cov for a while sign up at um I love that Cov Cov (laughs) C-O-V that's my accent coming out there um and I signed up for the doctors and then I actually never went about my ankle and then I that was probably like months and months before I got diagnosed and then my mum actually had a scare a couple of weeks before I found my lump and she didn't tell me and my sister that she was going to the doctor she just went by herself got the all clear like it was just a cyst but when I then when I found my lump I got my mum to see if it was kind of similar to hers and she did say it's very similar but mine was a lot more like hard and obvious it was like a Maltese ball on like the, my right nipple um so I went to the GP and they referred me straight to the hospital um within about two weeks and then I had a biopsy basically what happened is I was just sent in to have like a scan um and because they were worried about what it looked like on the scan then I had a biopsy and then I waited about two weeks for my results, went back to the doctors, well, the hospital, sorry. And, um... When they referred you straight away... Yeah. Was you, like, a bit nervous or... 
to be honest, I wasn't because my mum had been through it and she went to the hospital. They referred her. She had all the checks and then she was fine. I think people, it, I'd be fine. I'm yeah. Be fine. I was yeah. like, well, they're just doing everything. Like my mum kept saying, oh, they're just making sure they have to make sure they take it so seriously. So they're just doing all the precautions that they can. So I was like, I never thought at any point. I think I had one time where I was just like sat in the bathroom and I was like, oh my God, like, what if it is cancer? But then I was like, no, it won't be. And then I never actually worried about it at all. Like, I was quite open with people saying, oh, um, this is like, I'm feeling this lump. Have you ever had this or anything like that? And, um, but I, yeah, I didn't think it was going to be. Even when I went to the hospital to get my results, Dean said, came with me. But I was like, don't come with me because it was in London. He works in Coventry. And I was like, don't bother coming all the way to London. I'm going to be in and out. Like, don't have a day off work. It's like, fine. It's fine. <laughs> I was like, it's fine. Like, there's no point in coming down. And he was like... He, at one point, he said, okay, and then I think he thought about it and was like, it's not worth the risk. If it was something, if I was on my own, it would be awful, which now looking back, I'm so glad he came. But when we went into the room to find out my results, there was another lady in there who now I know is like the Macmillan nurse, but I didn't think anything of it still. I just went in there and I was like, oh, hi. (laughs) And Dean said he knew as soon as we walked in that room that it wasn't good news. Oh, really? Yeah. He's but like, you didn't feel it? I didn't feel it. So you thought, it can't be me. I was like, no. <laughs> this can't be happening. Yeah. I honestly, and when they said it, I was still a bit in shock and didn't believe it to a certain extent. It was only till that evening when I had to ring my mum and my sister and my work and tell them that it kind of sunk in. Because you go, you're at the... I think, say my appointment was like 11 o'clock when I found out. I was in the hospital all day till about six, having other tests. Um, so you kind of don't find out, you just go. You're then in the system and they say, this is net. I met the surgeon that day and they were like, you're going to have to have this operation. And they kind of just, it's like all systems go as soon as you find out, which mm-hmm. is great, but you kind of don't have any time to process it because in the waiting rooms, there's still people that are waiting just to go and have their biopsies. So they don't know whether they've got it or not. Yeah. But you've just found out that you have. So you don't want to be crying when someone's waiting. Did you find that telling other people, like when you first told your mum, yeah. your sister, did you find that that was worse? Oh, absolutely. Like it made you feel worse? So, yeah. So I, I always, when I found out, I was like, I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be fine. But to tell my mum, like I ignored them all day (laughs) they knew I was going in and they were like texting me like I'm really worried you haven't told me I'm like and I was just like I'll ring you later I'll ring you later I just couldn't come to terms with telling them so I knew how they would be and if they start crying on the phone to you yeah and you start crying and then you're like oh this is a real thing yeah Yeah, I had to I said Dean you go and ring your mum or you go tell whoever you need to do when I was going in because I had uh, like manograms and stuff after but I just was in the zone of like, I just need to do what I need to do now and then I'll deal with it later rather than trying to process it in the hospital around loads of other people. It just wasn't the right time. Um, but they take you into this room and sit you down and they kind of look at you and try and talk to you like you need that cry and that conversation. And and it's a, it's a bit, not forced because obviously people need it, mm. but I it hadn't sunk in yet and now you're taking me to this other room to talk it through and I'm like well I just need to process this like I can't I didn't even know what to say or what to do with my emotions at that point I was just 
in shock still. Yeah, like, how can you realise what's happened when you, so much is going on? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, how... Yeah. And they give you so much information. Like, they gave me this massive pack. They tell you about all the different surgeries. They tell you about all the different therapies. They were telling me about chemotherapy. And I was just like, I can't process this. I just needed to, like, go home. Do you wish you'd have had your mum or your sister with you? No. <laughs> Don't mean to be rude, but no. No, my I would have my sister with me. Yeah. I love my mom so much, but she is more emotional than I am. Like I am a crier all the time. And she that's where I get it from, her. She wouldn't be able to have took it in. Um my sister is very controlled and probably the hard faced one of us. So I feel like I could have had her there because she would have been listening to all the information and asking questions, which I would have needed. What about your boyfriend? What he is so good. Like, he did get really emotional. Um, well, it is, obviously. It's, you yeah. never want to hear that news, do you? Like, yeah. That's not something. And know. I know that if it was the other way around, I would have felt worse in that room if I knew that Dean had cancer rather than me. When it's you, I feel like you, you're not having to worry about anybody else. The worry about another family member, I think, is worse. I think it's harder for the family than it is for myself. Even because you know treatment. you've got... A- Get on with it. Yeah. That like, you know, to, to to do what I want to do and to live the life I want to live, I have just got to do yeah. this process. Like, you're in this position where you can't, you either sink or swim, you just have to do it. Yeah. Whereas for And them, I think, I know this, I know this, other people may say that wrong, because obviously I've never had cancer or anything. Yeah. But from, because uh, I was telling you earlier that my auntie had cancer. Yeah. She was very positive mm-hmm. and she carried on doing her life as much as, she, as much as she could. Yeah. So I think because of that, she lived a lot longer. Yeah. Even though her diagnosis was like what it was, it was stage four. four yeah. yeah. She she lived longer because she carried was on just living her. Yeah. She hadn't told herself, okay, well this is it. Yeah. Then what's the point, mm. sort of thing. And that's you have to have that attitude. Mm-hmm. You just have to to get you through. And I yeah, I do think it's definitely worse for family. But I'm so glad that I had someone there with me. Just more for to know what the next stage is because you're trying to process this information and they're telling you, okay, we well, need to come an appointment on Wednesday for... And then I left the hospital. Did you like, feel like you could what? hear them? Yeah. <laughs> I felt like it was an out-of-body experience. Yeah. They were telling me and I had no emotion. I was just like... I felt like I was watching myself get told this news. Yeah. Uh, Does that feel... I've never had no, that I before, could, ever. I, I get what you mean. Yeah. Because I know I just think it weren't happening. Like, I, I just, just didn't think it was real. I just genuinely didn't think it was real. And still, I still have some days where I'm like, no, this isn't real. Mm. But I've definitely come to terms with it more. There are days where I'm like, have my down days. But I think, yeah, from that first moment to hit now, I'm like, oh my God, there's been so much that I've had to process along yeah. the way, if that makes so sense. So what, what did they diagnose you with? Like, what did they say? So my first diagnosis <clears throat> was grade two invasive breast cancer. So that ba- they give you grades. So basically grade one is like your cancer cells look normal to your other cells. And then grade two is like, some look different. Grade three is they're completely different to your normal cells and they're faster growing. So when I got diagnosed, it was just from my biopsy, it was 16 millimetres or something like that, and grade two. But when I had my surgery, they found out it was grade three, 
and it was 22 millimeters so it was bigger so what surgery did they just take it they just took took it it out out. yeah so they can never tell until they fully take it out or go and have a look at the tumor Um, they can just give you a kind of rough idea. So they gave me grade two, but actually it was a grade three. And that's why I had to have chem- chemotherapy. Yeah. And yeah. So they took it out straight away? I think I had my surgery. So when I got told, because it was my 30th birthday, we'd all planned to go to Ibiza for my birthday, like Dean and all my family. And I was just like, I was like, oh, so I'm actually meant to be going on holiday. Yeah. <laughs> can I go on holiday? Because I just didn't want it to change my life. Yeah. Even though it does, I didn't want it to... But they're actually so good at trying to work it around you. Mm. And they said to me, say if my cancer was stage four and I had three tumours on my neck or something, they would be like, you have to start surgery or chemo tomorrow. Whereas for me, it was not a big risk to go on holiday and then deal with it when I got back. Mm-hmm. So I was able to go away on holiday and then when I came back, I think my surgery was like a week after I got back off holiday. Do you feel like your surgery has affected your shape and like, has it made you feel any different in that sort of way? Yeah, my, so my breast cancer on my right boob, my left is definitely bigger now. Um, but not really the shape. I'm really lucky. She, my surgeon was, incredible i loved her from when i met her she's amazing and she was able to keep my nipple oh so good so she was like the most you're going to be more shocked with how you visually look if you have to get rid of your nipple and because my tumor was really close to it it was quite likely that i was going to lose it but she was able to work around like um and I have to say it basically like you know obviously your nipples round yeah like go around my nipple and then sew it back on oh it's amazing and you can't even it's crazy tell how they how they do that yeah it? it's it, it was she's done such a good job like you can see my under my armpit scar more than my boob scar oh okay yeah so actually I can't I can't even really would tell. you ever say that you'd want that like reconstructed or anything or is that something that you just think it's not that big of a deal. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Do you ever feel like I need to get that I'm, to make me feel good at my, about myself, or were you like? I think that when, because I had the option between having a lumpectomy, where it's, where that's where you just remove the lump, or a mastectomy is where you get rid of the whole boob. So they give you a gene test to check if it's in your family, um, and then it's more likely for the cancer to come back if you have that gene Mm -hmm. which I came back negative which is really good so I said to myself if that gene's positive I would have had a mastectomy and reconstruction but if it's negative I'll just have my lump removed and see what it's like but um for what the results are I don't feel like I need reconstruction Mm -hmm. I feel like if it was drastically different I would definitely consider it yeah um more just the reminder of oh you've been through yeah it's it's more reminding me of why it's different I feel like if my boobs were just different anyway I wouldn't really care but because it's because I've had breast cancer I wouldn't want that constant reminder yeah um 
So I think I would have had reconstruction mm. if I needed it, yeah. But now you feel like... I feel like it's not that massively, drastically different at all. I think it's so amazing how you're not like worried about the look. Because some yeah. people let um, how they look in, in any way, like in, in, yeah. in normally, even if they haven't got wrong, wrong, anything wrong with them, yeah. they worry about the way they look. And, but it's amazing how you're like, oh no, I can... Yeah, I don't think that... I've never really been a person that's been too bothered about my boobs mm-hmm. um i've always had really small boobs i've always had tiny boobs and um so i used to joke with like my sister is like well if i need reconstruction i'll just ask for some nice double d's that's <laughs> fine <laughs> i was like it's actually really yeah. working out for me it'd be great but um i think because of not being able to exercise and because of being on steroids and stuff with treatment and chemo and stuff I've put on a little bit of weight so it has gone on my boobs a little bit and I'm actually like this is quite nice <laughs> <laughs> I've got some boobs for once like, this is fine for me I'm like it's fine. I've just put on weight but for no reason I've gone <laughs> yeah. like, my boobs are massive I'm like what is going on I don't like it <laughs> Where have they come from? Yeah, like, I literally used to have, like, nothing. Yeah, I did as well. Like, because I was so tiny for yeah. my frame that, like, I just had, like, these little things. I always used to wear, like, tops that were, like, this. Yeah, same. No be, like, fine. Yeah. yeah. And, and now, now I'm like, like... Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Pros and cons to bigger little boobs. <laughs> so, um, what did you feel like um, changed your life the most? Like, how did it change your life the most? Like, what changed the most in your life? Um... I said that in about three different ways. And no, I know what you mean. Yeah, like I know what changed the most. Yeah. It, so when I first, for my first appointment, when they told me that I got diagnosed, she said to me, you're just going to have to let us be in control of your life for about six months to a year. And yeah. I was just like, why? I don't get it. <laughs> I'm like, why is it going to change that much? Yeah. Surely it won't change my life that much. I can have surgery. Yeah, now I have to recover. But then I'll get back to work. Then... I was so adamant that it wasn't going to change my routine and I quickly realized that it's not it is going to change my routine I understand what she meant by that um so you have so many appointments you feel emotionally and physically drained a lot um the thought of actually working was just not for me anyway I know a lot of people do work through treatment but um just wasn't the right decision for me. But most things you would do would be freelance anyway, wouldn't they? Yeah. So it's quite difficult yeah. to... Absolutely. So I'm self-employed, freelance, teaching, dance and fitness. And to be constantly and letting people down would be... Do you know what I mean? It yeah. Would be, whereas if you've got a full-time job, you can get like sick leave and exactly. things like that. Exactly. Yeah, it's so difficult. So I had to get so much cover when I first found out because I didn't realise how many appointments there would be. Um... And my, a lot of the gyms that I worked for were really good, but physically I just wasn't up for it. And mentally I couldn't put my all into it because I was, I was, as much as I was really positive and trying to keep going, it does affect you and you don't realise. So I think it was just my routine. Obviously now I'm back in Coventry and I was living in London. Um... So, so was you living in London on your own? So I was living in London with my friend Kate and her boyfriend. They live, um, they own an apartment in South Croydon, so I was renting a room off then. So I'm very, very lucky that I live with my friends, that when I 
couldn't work and couldn't pay rent, they covered me. Mm. Um, and obviously, me and Dean live here. So I used to commute a lot, like at the weekends I'd come home. To but see even him. that, that's a lot of um, strain for you. Yeah. Going when you're when you're not well to keep going up oh and my down. God, yeah. Even when you are well to keep going from place to place, it's it's a yeah. lot. Yeah. Like I look back at my what I was doing now, and I think, how was I doing that? I was out from like seven a.m. in the morning, not getting back till like eleven a.m., and then getting on the train on a Friday night, and then coming back on a Monday morning working, and it was just go 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 all the time. Like I never had a day off. It was a lot, and now I look back and think, is that healthy? Like, was that lifestyle okay? Like, would you want to go back into how you that same thing, or would you do it differently? I would definitely do it differently. I don't want to lose that because I love my life so much. I love London. I love dancing. I don't want to stop that, but I think my priorities have changed a bit, and just my quality of life I want better I don't want to live out of a suitcase I don't want to be on that train 24 7 all the time you know I just know that I want to make sure that my health comes first out of everything like mentally as well like I was stressed a lot and and you're like is is, is it worth is that stress worth it yeah exactly worth being that stressed all the time yeah definitely so I think that that was definitely the biggest change was to stop working I was so adamant that I was going to work that when they were telling me that I had to have chemotherapy I made a plan that I was going to work as soon as I had it and then take two weeks off to recover and then work again and (laughs) in the hospital this is not stopping me yeah the doctors was just going "Mm, just see how that goes babe (laughs) see how that works out obviously they don't want to like dampen your spirit like they don't want you to be like they don't want to be like you. You can't. They do- can't make it the choice for you. Yeah. But they know they they work in this day in day out. They they are like the experts. They've mm-hmm. seen it so many times. They know what cancer does to people and the effects that it has. I'm brand new to it. Like, I don't actually know anyone really that's had it. Um, really, so, do you not? No. So my dad's mum had it, yeah. but I'd never met her. She died when he was young. Um, and like distant family members or friends or but I've never been through someone's journey with them Mm -hmm. to know what the process is enough um so that's why I really do like talking about it because I feel like I didn't have that so I was learning everything as we went along yeah and it must Um, have been really scary yeah which a lot of people did come to me and say oh my mom's had this and were like giving me advice which was really nice but what I have learned is that everyone's cancer journey is so different. It's completely different. Mm. Their treatment, why they're having it, um, like age and your health, like obviously not the cancer, but it com- plays a massive part in it as yeah. well. I feel like what treatment you'll get and yeah. how you'll respond to it. So it was great to listen, but also I couldn't take loads from it because there wasn't anybody that was going through what I was going through, like, had my, like, around the same age group or anything like yeah. that. Does that make sense? I feel like I'm babbling. <laughs> no, 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 it does make sense because I'm, I know, like, my mum would always be, like, because my mum's sister was like, yeah. if she, any of my friends' mums are or anyone that I know, she's yeah. like, tell them to go to the Marsden because that's the hospital yeah, yeah, that yeah. came to. And I'm like, yeah, but mum, like, they, can't they might not want to. Yeah. And <laughs> you can't always get in there. And... 
people so my auntie uh, lived in Bow in East London yeah so the, even the Marsden was far it was in Chelsea so it was still like an hour yeah but Marsden is the best though yeah so yeah so she always went there but then other people when they get diagnosed with things like that yeah they don't want to travel and no. they feel like it's too much for them to, yeah because the appointments to say like the chemo it can be how many hours Oh, you're there pretty much all day. If you're wearing the scalp cordon as well, you're there even longer. Yeah, my yeah. auntie had wore that yeah. as well. So you're there all day, like you said, yeah. and then you've got to get to the hospital. Yeah. Then you've got to get back. Some people don't want to do that, so my mum would always be like, tell them, tell them <laughs> to go to the Marsden. Tell them to go to the Marsden. People travel from all over the country to go to the Marsden. Yeah, they probably do, though. Yeah. yeah. And then I'm like, yeah, but, you know... It's so different for everyone. I don't want to be like, make sure you do that this. <laughs> yeah. Every, I've never experienced it. Everyone like, is so different, but... So I went to St. George's, which is in Tootin. Yeah. Because um, that was... Because I've always lived Southlanders. So that was the closest to me. And I am so grateful that I went there. Because the... Don't get me wrong. The hospital in Coventry is, like, great. But it reminds me of so many other things that I've been with, like, family passing yeah. away. And it's it's just got that feeling for me of, oh, you're going to Walsgrove Hospital yeah. again. It's Whereas this was brand new. I've never been to St. George's Hospital before. I didn't know anybody else. It didn't have a reference for other people, mm. if that makes sense. Um, so I could just know that I could just go, get on with it. And I was very comfortable there. It's where I first had all my appointments. So I didn't want to then not see those nurses and doctors again. I felt in really good hands yeah. there. Um, whereas now I've been referred back to Coventry to have radiotherapy mm. because that is every day. Oh, okay. So to, you'd have to live in London to go there. Yeah. yeah really. And the thought of like, I did have my car, but parking and getting a tube and whatever. So this is, it's easier for me now, but I'm mm. glad that I had my surgery and chemotherapy there. Yeah. Um, but then again, I had to drive or Dean or whoever mm. came with me drove however long it takes to get yeah. there, two and a half hours, three hours, have chemotherapy, then come back that yeah. day. And it did tire me out, but because I only had it four times, I thought I can just get on with it. Yeah. If it was like 18 times, then I wouldn't have done it. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm. And obviously, oh, I know this just from my experience, but every yeah. hospital treats things differently. Yeah. Like Because there's a surgeon, they have their team. Yeah. Or like, I don't know how it works. They all have their own little teams mm -hmm. and they all decide how they're going to tackle each they individual do person. yeah they all have meetings yeah and yeah figure so out what every, they're going to do because my the only reason my auntie went to the mars because she was at Bart's in london yeah and Bart's gave her like i don't know like six months to live yeah and then she went to the master and then they she lived for another two years Isn't because that they crazy? <laughs> that's so scary though i know because they did something completely different yeah. and then the Surgeon, uh, the lady at the Marsden, the head consultant, that's what yeah. called. And um, she was like, okay, we can't do anything. Yeah. We can't do anything else now, but yeah. that's as much as we could, yeah. we can do. Yeah. So yeah, th that's the only reason she went there. It is crazy, but it is... I suppose, like you said, it depends on what, like, grades they are. Yeah. Where, if they're spread, it depends on so many. Yeah. And they're still constantly researching about cancer. Constantly. Like, they don't know, they don't know everything. No. Because they've asked me to do, like, a... What's it called? Like, um, be part of a research. Research, yeah. yeah. Because my age bracket, and they don't have so many women doing it. And what cancer I had, they, I, d I don't even know what it's for. I think it's literally for another tablet that you can take to see how mm -hmm. you get along with. Yeah, my auntie did a trial. Yeah, yeah, trial. That's yeah. it. So I'm gonna do that because I think it's really beneficial, um, and you get more checkups and stuff in the future. But they are constantly learning, and also the hospitals have like it's 
it's a postcode lottery. So one might have a lot more money pumped into that area more than another one. Mm. Um, so when I got told about chemo, it can reduce the risk of you having kids in the future. Yeah. So then they offered me fertility. Whereas if I was in Coventry, they might not have had that conversation with me. So what? in what way did they offer you? So did they freeze your eggs or something? Yeah, they freeze my eggs, yeah. So they've already done that? They've already... You have to have that before chemo. So... And this is a really weird question, but do they freeze all your eggs or do they just take a certain amount? So it depends how many you get. And say if you produce 10 eggs, for example, but only they take them out and then three of them are likely, are healthy and likely to be successful, then the other seven aren't. Worth keeping. Worth keeping, exactly. So you might, they'll take all your eggs they can, but only one, two, three might be worth freezing and that's why people struggle because they might only produce three eggs and none of those eggs are gonna work if that makes sense but i was quite lucky i think i got about 10 eggs successful yeah yeah it's probably it's probably because you're like not your age yeah on your side more as well and i'm not going in because i am struggling to have a child i'm going in as like to protect me in the future yeah. if the chemotherapy has affected so me. So would they just give you? So you'd just be able to get IVF, IVF, IVF straight away. I think that you can get one on the NHS anyway. Okay. And then you have to pay for the rest. I wouldn't. I would still be having to do what everyone else does. Oh, okay. But I just got that egg freezing as part of my treatment, which mm-hmm. is amazing because I think you have to pay like I don't even know what it is five thousand mm. pounds or something. So I feel like I'm being really thick here, but can you still produce more eggs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you, so you could have a baby just naturally. Oh, yeah. and it could be fine. I might never need to use them, but they're there in case it has really affected your fertility. Yeah, and you do need to use them. Yeah, because I've been diagnosed and I've been put in this position that I haven't obviously asked for, mm-hmm. and because I don't have any children now, mm-hmm. and because of my age, then they they offer that, which I think is absolutely incredible. Um, but yeah, so that's why you get offered that treatment. I think if I already had a baby, I wouldn't have got offered that yeah. treatment. Yeah. So now you've still got your radiotherapy, is that right? Yeah. Left. Yeah. So how comes they still have to do all of that, even though they took out just to be safe? So if you have a mastectomy where they take everything out, all your tissue of your breast is gone. So there's nothing for the cancer cells to grow attached on, to, yeah. attached to. Whereas if you just have a lumpectomy, your the rest of your tissue is still there in your breast, and there could be cancer cells that they've missed that aren't attached to or growing yet. Um, so they kill all the tissue cells so the cancer can't grow. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Did you yeah. struggle with in your like with your chemotherapy? Did you struggle, or did you find it like you could cope with it, kind of thing? The I was so, I actually was more worried about the chemotherapy than anything else. Okay. Um, the first, I think because you see so much on the TV or they show you, they have such a... So they, I looked up the rates of morta- uh, mortality and things like that. Yeah. They, on TV, it's yeah. really depicted that everyone dies. Yeah, <laughs> they do it. They make it such like end of life yeah. thing or maybe Like, like so, everyone dies. Yeah, or... Yeah. Like I don't don't get me wrong. I know that when you lose your hair, it's such a big thing because I've been dealing with it, and I actually have a lot of my hair left. But um, they just paint such a picture of chemo to be I don't know, just this 
absolutely horrendous thing and don't get me wrong I know so many people who have had the worst time on it mm. and have had so many side effects um, because they probably also had a lot stronger chemo but there's so many different types mine was a precaution so theoretically I shouldn't have any cancer left in my body mm. but they can't guarantee guarantee that, that. Yeah. so it's like a washout someone told me once which I thought was a good analogy or whatever it is that it's say if you wash a load of your socks in the washing machine <laughs> <laughs> someone told me this and I was like I get it now so I didn't know what chemo was really to be honest and they said if you put a load of socks in the wash and they're your cancer cells you take them out but you've left one in there and you don't realize so it's like they took the tumor out but they might have some cancer cells still going in my body <laughs> Who said this to you? Some woman that I met. <laughs> the washing machine. <laughs> I was like, I get it. And then I've told people that ever since. What's chemo? I'm like, right, so if you put your socks in the washing machine. <laughs> so at the end of the radiotherapy, yeah. will they like fully test you? Do you know what? I don't even know. I think that they'd probably give me some tests, but they probably wouldn't be able to know until six months when I have like my check five years after five years then you're yeah so you're in remission for five years yeah and then after them five years you should be you should be okay yeah you should that's what they know so far that yeah that should be. yeah so I think that that's why you just get regular checkups because they can't guarantee mm. um so they just have to regularly check you to see if anything else has grown mm. back but I couldn't get in my head around if I'm putting these toxic drugs into my body that I if I don't even have cancer in my body now mm. if it's all gone why am I physically doing this yeah, to myself yeah. I really struggled with that at the beginning but then I was like that's such a silly thing to think obviously it's a precaution imagine if in one two years time it came back and I had to go through this all again because you hadn't done because this. I didn't do everything I could mm. to protect myself so I really struggled with coming to terms that I had to have the chemotherapy but I'm so glad that I did it now I the first round I struggled with the most because obviously it's something brand new in your body that you're having that you're reacting with and um I was so tired I just slept all the time I felt sick my skin was going horrible I was losing my hair um and I just didn't feel like me. Like, I look in the mirror, my eyes were glazed over. Yeah, yeah. And I just felt like a completely different person. I was like, this is not Where me. Where have I gone? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> Where what I? are you doing to yeah. me? And I just felt so... Like, I don't know. I just felt grim and, like, not myself. Like, even if I put clothes on, try and put makeup on, I just wouldn't feel nice at all. And then the second round, I still felt, felt a bit crappy. Third round, it was Christmas. And I think because people were off and my body was maybe getting used to the treatment a little bit more and it was busy. Um, I didn't really feel it that much in the last one. I was still tired, but I didn't have the side effects as I did before. Yeah. And then the fourth one, it hit me a little bit harder again. Yeah. Um, but actually, it, I didn't have to go to hospital for any mm. of the things, for any of the side effects. Like, I had to ring 111 a few times because my temperature was high, but then the next day I was always fine. Like, I had diarrhea and stuff, but I was able to cope with it. Um, I've ate really well. I tried to move my body as much as I could, even if I went out for a walk for 10 yeah. minutes to the shop and back. That is what I tried to do, like, most days. Do you feel like anyone around you started treating you differently? 
Yes and no. Like I've always said I don't want to be treated differently, but then in a way you kind of have you are going through this. You kind of do have to be treated a little bit differently in the fact that you are a lot more sensitive. You can't be out all day and I wouldn't be able to get the tube. Like I know people do, but they said to me at the hospital, don't sit on the tube if someone's coughing next to you because what they could have a cold, you could get pneumonia. Like it was that's how low your immune system is. So even though I didn't want to be treated differently, but if Dean was to carry the shopping upstairs, I'd really appreciate it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so there was things that were like you can't you want yeah. to physically do but you actually can't do it and you have to and it's just not worth it like the jerk with the germs thing it's yeah it's not, not like when my aunt when any of us had a cold we'd all just stay away from my aunt yeah house. Like none of us would go mm. but it's not even the fact that you don't want to see someone or anything like that it's just not worth you it's... getting really ill exactly because someone else has got a little cold and I'm they a... want to see you yeah it's, really it's so like my i would never never not see my nephew parker i love him so much and my sister and they literally live around the corner and she would come and see me like the next day but I got told so many times that, that babies and kids carry germs because they've been interacting with other kids and like yeah. touch whatever so he'd come around and I would de- like disinfect the whole house <laughs> but I would never tell her that and I'd be like cleaning everything with wet wipes she probably would have been like if you'd have told me I just wouldn't have brought him exactly, around straight away but I didn't, want, I didn't want that to change mm-hmm. I just wanted I wanted to see him and it was so nice but then after I'd be so conscious about everything and I'd be like oh my god I need to hoover I need to mm. ev- like but that settled down a lot. After the first time, I was just so cautious and then I kind of relaxed a little bit more into it. But um, I think people do treat you differently sometimes, but I, I still wanted to speak to my friends, see them, but I wouldn't necessarily be up for going out to a busy restaurant with 10 people. That's I'd rather them take me out one-on-one and we'd go for a coffee or yeah, do you know what I mean yeah. I think you have to be sensitive to what someone's going through but then not distance yourself from them yeah I suppose it's hard for people not to distance themselves from their friends because you can't do what they're doing exactly like, you can't go out like, yeah you can't go like on a night out and yeah go out with everyone yeah exactly or, like, like you said being in a massive group if they're all going out for dinner you can't yeah when you know when you feel ill and like there's so many people and it's like a big crowd it's just not where and it's like you want to be pretend to be okay yeah so everyone else don't feel bad <laughs> and it takes so much energy up doesn't it as well when you're like in the, an environment like that and i just didn't want to put myself in that position but I don't know, I don't think that they did too much. I think a few people didn't know what to say, and I can knew that. Um, and they, they felt... But I don't like feel like you're an awkward person to ask something. No, not at all. So, I don't... And I don't know you that well. Like, yeah. I obviously have danced with you a bit and stuff, but I don't, I don't know you. Yeah. And I don't feel, like, uncomfortable asking yeah. you Yeah, like, I hope that I come across very open and, yeah. like, that people can talk to me because I've always been that type of person that would hate anyone to feel uncomfortable yeah. do you know what I mean but some of my close friends I kind of feel like they were worried about what to say um so they either didn't say anything or say or even say to me like I don't want to say the wrong thing so I just don't know what to say yeah. and that's fine like I completely get it and now those people have kind of like I'm speaking to a lot more now I just get that everyone has to handle it in their own way and sometimes yeah. people don't know what to do or what to say and that's all right like I'm that's fine for me. But you haven't like fallen out of anyone over it. No, I haven't. I don't feel like I've lost any friends because of it. But I know when I've heard other people's stories, I know that they have. 
really are. Yeah, it's really sad, isn't it? But I, all of my friends and family have been amazing. And actually, one thing that it's taught me is that people are so kind Aww, and so, so generous. But honestly, I can't get over how much love I've received. That might sound really cringy. Like, love I've received. <laughs> no, <laughs> but, no but that's such a good hear because you always hear about such negative things all the time yeah, and how horrible people are. Yeah. But it's just so nice. Like even to get a message or like a Instagram message or whatever, or a phone call or a card of somebody that you don't even really know just to be like, oh my God, I've been thinking of you. It, it makes so much difference, mm-hmm. honestly. Like those words mean more than anything. And that is what got has got me through a lot of people mm-hmm. just being like, I've been thinking of you, it's okay. Like good luck on your last chemo or whatever. And that is honestly giving me the strength to like keep going. Um, Are you nervous for the radiotherapy? Or you, you... Um... So it's how many, two weeks? Four weeks. Weeks, every day. Every day. So like, like during the week, Monday to Friday. Well, or... this is what I thought. So it's five days and yeah. then you have two days off, I think. <laughs> I'm like, Did I don't even really know. know. Yeah. But they've, I've just got, I got my appointment through for Friday. So I'm like, why would I have one appointment and then Saturday and Sunday off and then have, so I actually think it goes through the weekend as well. Oh. So I think I start on Friday for five days, have two days off. Five, five days. So that could be a lot, a lot for you. Um, as in a lot, because it's all very. Yeah, I think cons- it's um, more. What's the word? Like all routine. Yeah, close yeah. together. Yeah, um, I'm now. I've got to a point where I'm feeling a lot more myself and being getting into like being able to exercise or go out or whatever. That it's going to be hard to then go back into treatment again. Because mm. um, I feel like I'm just getting stronger after the chemo. And then to like put your body through something else where you're going to be tired and stuff is not nice to think about. But I think it's more the inconvenience. I feel like cancer is just an inconvenience. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you're just you've inc- taken over my life. Yeah, just like you're. I have to go into the hospital every day yeah. for a ten minute therapy, like a ten minute treatment. I'm just like it's such a ball ache. But I know so, why. Do I'm they getting... target just like one area? Yeah. So it's just it's like X-rays. Sort of like a laser that just goes into your breast. So they've drawn like little tattoos, like one here, one here, one here, one yeah. here. And it's just um, the first three weeks are to kill all the tissue cells. And then the fourth week is like a booster for where my tumour was, just to make sure that like that area is. You can't go out in the sun and stuff, can you? Like get you that's is it is you, that the yeah, skin? Yeah. So it says like in capital letters it's like no some bed. And so <laughs> I'm like, oh I really want to sunbed. <laughs> but it's it's just not you can't get it hot, sweaty. You can't sit in the bath for a really long time, um, out in the sun. So yeah, it's just really sensitive. It's all right, we're still in like winter. Yeah, spring. It's true. It's fine. There's no sun. <laughs> and you, like if you think about it, like you've got through like the longest bit of it. I feel like the worst has been. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't, don't want to jinx it. Though. I don't want to jinx it because I know people deal to treatment differently. Yeah. I don't want to be like, oh, it's going to be fine. And then I just really don't react well to it. But I'm hoping that actually I'll, I'm going to be okay doing it. I think I'd just be tired, but yeah. I can cope with being tired. It was the nausea that got me Did more. they give you anti-sickness or yeah, so did they, it work though? It did work. Yeah. So she said to me, even if you don't feel sick, take it when you're meant to take it because it's a lot easier to control with the tablets before than if you start feeling really sick mm. to 
feel normal again. So even if I felt fine, I'd be taking that tablet when I when I did. Whereas a lot of people don't like to take tablets and put it into mm. their body. Whereas I, I'm going to take everything they give me. Um, no, I think in this case, you've got to take everything they give yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> and so many people said, like, try ginger biscuits, ginger tea. But I just don't like the taste of ginger. Yeah. So I'd be having it like, no, it's just not working. But I know that that works sometimes for people. Um, I think it's just giving it time. The first week was the worst. And then after the first week, I'd know I feel a little bit better. But my taste buds were so off. Oh. Yeah, I just wanted carbs, like what like playing so you food. said that you put on weight rather than lost weight i put on weight yeah. but do you think that's because you were so fit before i think it's because a lot ex- of people lose weight don't they Cause... yeah so i was exercising all the time yeah um and they give you steroids which can make you put on weight and um yeah just not moving my body like I probably wasn't eating any more than I was but I wasn't I was sat on the sofa probably eight hours a day because yeah. I was feeling crap um that it was probably such a shock mm. for my body to then not be doing that yeah. much exercise. Mm. Um, I mean, I haven't put on stones and stones and stones, but I can definitely tell yeah. in myself that I have put on weight, um, which I actually don't mind. It's mm-hmm. you can't do anything about it. Like, what's a little bit of weight? Yeah. But I think it's just how you physically feel is worse for me. I just feel more lethargic than I used to. Like, I used to have loads of energy. And I used to be, like, strong, but now I can't even... Like, I went to the gym with Dean the other day, and I nearly walked off on him, because he was like, can you do this? And I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, I haven't done anything for so long. No, I cannot. I can't lift that weight. Are you trying to make me feel rubbish? Yeah, but, like, you that is something that you'll have to build up slowly. Absolutely, Because yeah. I suppose you have to... Like, once you're okay, you'll probably just think, oh, I can do everything. But you, but you have to remember that so much has happened. Exactly. And your and, body's took so much. Yeah, and don't be hard on yourself that you can't do things yeah definitely like i've been going to loads more like pilates and yoga and stuff like that because it's a lot different than doing like a hip class isn't Mm. it so i've been trying to build up my strength in different ways and i know i'm not where i was but i'm fine with where i am and i know that it's a process Mm. that my body's been through so much i just need to honor it and just be okay with it so after you finish your radiotherapy yeah what is the first thing that you want to do that you feel like you couldn't do i don't know i you don't know what? i haven't even thought about it i it's kind of freaking me out that it's coming to the end of treatment and i know that sounds really silly but it doesn't it's it's the fact that i'm in this w- bubble at the minute where my priority is getting myself better and i don't have to think about anything else whereas as soon as radio therapy finishes I'm like I'm in the world again of I need to work I can't be I haven't got appointments to go to I'm kind of in limbo of like what I'm doing um and a lot of people have like a phase return to work where they work like two days if they're like working Monday to Friday they go back gradually whereas if you're a freelancer and you're teaching classes and you're teaching fitness classes you can't phase yourself back into that because you're not going to earn enough money so I'm a bit like I don't know where I'm going to be at Mm -hmm. so mentally I'm more worried now than what I was before because Mm -hmm. I'm having to think about what's next whereas my next thing was after my surgery was having my chemo and just making sure I felt all right eating well then it was now I've got to wait for radiotherapy and then after that it's I haven't got anything else Mm -hmm. um so it's whereas like my mind at the beginning 
I had to do a lot for my mental health to make sure that I was like thinking positively and like calm and and then I feel like I've I've got into that routine and I feel really good that I can feel myself getting anxious again about what's next. Um, but I think that's so normal that yeah. if you if people have gone through a massive change, like say when you left college, you'll be yeah. like, oh my god, what do I do? I, I don't routine. even know what I'm doing now. <laughs> no idea I'm like I was telling you before yeah. my mum's like why are you not doing this yeah. why are you not auditioning why are you not doing this I have no idea what I'm doing yeah. like, I'm working in a calf like three days a week mm. like, I have no idea what to do yeah it's scary and I think when you want to like perform or entertain or anything yeah. like that it's not stable in any way yeah and it's so on you to make it happen it is and you feel so out of that world that even if you don't go to an audition in a month or have sent an email to an agent that week or I don't know been to a class to train you feel so out of it I haven't been dancing or been trying because I can't since like September October that I'm like, where do I fit now? Like, how does my... Yeah, like, because like, you feel like so much has happened since yeah. then. Yeah. Like, people you know around you. Yeah. So much has gone on. And, like, it's all about, like, contacts and meeting people. Yeah. And, like, will these people remember me? Like, with, like just, you do like, feel like that. that. Yeah, exactly. Like, I feel like I was going to class a lot. I was chatting to people. And I do feel like I was at a place where I was quite happy with myself. Like, I loved, like, don't get me wrong, I love London I loved working I still wanted to get way further in my career I wasn't at that point where I was happy with it like I hadn't done what I wanted to do in the dance industry at all yet that I feel like I've took a million steps back Mm. because I've now had this and I haven't trained and I haven't been around and but I think that everything, I've just got to keep reminding myself that everything does happen for a reason. I truly believe that. I was just that. about to say that. <laughs> it does, there is. I just, if things I didn't get, want to sound like, oh yeah, you have cancer for a reason. I didn't want to sound like that, but you know no, what I mean? No, but I that. do genuinely think, it. I do genuinely think, it's so hard to think, oh, this was given, these cards were out to me for something. But I do believe that. And I do believe that I have grown from this experience and become a better person and have more clarity in maybe not where I want to what I'm going to do next because obviously I'm still human and I'm going to be anxious and that's understandable but I also think when you've been through something like this you take everything into perspective and you're like the things that I was stressed about before going to an audition thinking a week before what the fuck am I going to wear it's not really that it's not I've been sat having chemo in my arm looking at all these other people around me thinking I'm just lucky to be here Mm. like and I I keep reminding myself of that when I get a little bit worried or a little bit stressed or look at people on Instagram and be like, oh, I'm not there or I feel like I'm missing out. But actually, where I'm meant to be here right now, what for whatever that reason is, this is what I need to go through for my future, whatever that be, I feel like this is meant for me. Um, I want to quickly ask you, is there any groups and stuff that you've found helpful so if there is anyone that's out like your sort of age yeah that is looking for like places they can go or anything like that is there any ones that you've found yeah definitely so for around at my age group so 20s and 30s there's a charity called trekstock which are they are based in london but they do have other um meetups around the country but most of their work is in london so they do like um rehabilitations I say mm-hmm. programs where you can get back into like exercise and stuff like eight week which are all free for people um that have been diagnosed whether you're going through treatment or you're in remission 
Um, and they also do like meetups around the country so you can connect with other people around that age. Mm. And um, like, I think they went to go and watch a show the other week and then they all had drinks after. Or um, I've done one in Birmingham where they we went to yoga and then we all like went to this restaurant after. Yeah. Um, so that's really good. Um, they also do loads of other things. Like they give me a year prescription to like Headspace, you know, it's like a mind um, full app, which you oh, normally okay. have to pay for, but they give you like a year for that. Oh, cool. um, and just loads of little bits and bobs like that. And then um, Breast Cancer Haven, which they have, a, they have one in Solihull, which is like 20 minutes from here in Coventry in the Midlands. And then they have one in London and then different around the areas. And they offer three free therapy sessions so say like massage therapy um reiki i don't know what else do they do like um reflexology like things that are safe for your body while you're going through treatment i think they offer you like 11 free sessions which is great and also a place to go if you just want to have coffee and it's like a safe place for you to be or if you need any advice um and then there's one that I went to which is so good because it's just like a day but it was called look good feel better and they run it in like hospitals all around the UK and it's I think they're doing one for men now as well but it was all women when I went and they do a teenage one too and you go and they teach you how to do like your makeup and um say if you lost your hair yeah like how to put on your eyebrows because you can lose your eyebrows and stuff um and how to do your makeup with that and they give you like loads of makeup loads of skincare they give you like a whole little bag of stuff and then you like meet people and you go through it and they do it together so that's just like a nice day to kind of make you feel a little bit better um so they're the three that i've used the most since doing it mcmillan are there from for you from the beginning like the nurses are in the hospital um so raising money for them at the beginning was because they are there all the time like they're your constant contact so Mm. for like any financial thing i had a meeting with them and they helped me through like applying for benefits and Mm. stuff and obviously there for emotional support and also to pay for the nurses so um they're there to ring whenever you need to ring Mm. which and they're for obviously anyone yeah yeah whether you're a family member or going for yourself yeah yeah. like you said you think it's harder yeah because they're not in it yeah family members and people around you they're not in it so yeah and they're just seeing you at your like worst points when you're like on the sofa and you can't get up and yeah. you're like they're seeing you as like and they can't help you they can't help you you're like you feel helpless don't you mm-hmm. so um yeah so they're for anyone like i know my mum's had a few therapy sessions with breast cancer haven they also offer yeah it um, for family members as well which is great for free yeah so i want to say thank you to vexy for coming on my podcast <laughs> and i hope this like can help <laughs> anyone that's either knows someone really close to them going through it so they can understand it a bit more or is going through it themselves but yeah, thank you so you much well. for being so open. I hope I didn't babble. You oh know, no, you're like, <laughs> no, no, no! You're like you're lovely. You're, you're great. You're positive. You've told everyone yeah, everything. Does that even make sense? But yeah, I hope it, it, does, I do it, hope it does. It does. It does. So yeah, you. Um, you can find this podcast on Spotify, the Apple Podcast app, and I also have my own Buzzsprout app, which the link is on my Instagram Bible. Bible. <laughs> oh my god, my Instagram Bible. No, my Instagram bio. <laughs> my Instagram bible. Um, yeah, which you can just click on. And there. So yeah, thanks for listening. And 
subscribe, comment, whatever you fancy. <laughs>